morning from the team here at 1.37 p.m. This is 7.31 a.m. Let's get the day going. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for starting your day with the 7.31 a.m. podcast. You're here with Charlie Colbrenner and Bo Templin. Bo, how you doing, man? Charlie, it feels good to be sleeping in our own beds. We are home from the Green Street Festival in Los Angeles. You are back in New York. I am back in San Diego, California. And I would say it was a pretty successful trip. I, I want to thank for the people who have returned to the 731 AM podcast after the display we put on for yesterday's show. Like, it's commendable that people are returning. Yesterday's episode was fun, man. You, you don't worry. <laughs> and we also, again, we did it on the pod, but we got to, again, thank Tatiana for editing that podcast yesterday because normally I feel like we keep them pretty tight. And so... Thank you again to our producer, Tatiana, because that episode ended up coming out really well. I actually really like the way it came out. It's like, it's very silly, but... Very silly, very fun weekend, though. Very, very fun. And uh, it was great to work with you and Courtney. Agreed. And a lot more content to come. Um, A lot of the brands that we met, I'm going to interview and stuff. So there'll be a lot more to come out of Green Street Fest. So stay tuned. I want to start with a birthday. Uh, We like to start with birthdays or anniversaries where we have like some sort of fun fact to share about the person. So it's Trent Reznor's birthday. Trent Reznor is the front man of Nine Inch Nails. Um, which is an, what do you call Nine Inch Nails? An alternative rock group? What would you call Nine I Inch Nails? I would say they're harder than alternative. I agree. Um, but I love Nine Inch Nails. But also something that I think is really interesting about Trent Reznor is that Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross have produced the soundtracks, some just by Trent Reznor, some as the duo, for like some of the most famous movies of the past 20 years. Trent Reznor, I think his most iconic soundtracks, he did the soundtrack to The Social Network, that sort of suspenseful, like always looming soundtrack that's going on throughout that movie. He does the soundtrack to most of David Fincher's movies, so he did it for... Gone Girl. Yeah, he did the soundtrack for Gone Girl, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. He also They also did the soundtrack for Soul last year, um, or two years ago, the Pixar movie, which they did the soundtrack for The Watchmen, the HBO series. And then Mank as well, I believe, right? Which is the yeah, newest yeah, he project. Did do Mank. Yeah. People love Nine Inch Nails, as they should, but don't necessarily always know that aspect, or they know that aspect, but don't necessarily know about Nine Inch Nails, and so... Trent Reznor is a, an incredibly successful musician beforehand and now an incredibly successful composer for films and stuff. And happy birthday to him on this day. Also, you know, to get love from Johnny Cash, right? So Nine Inch Nails, they put out the song Hurt in the 90s at some point. And then Johnny Cash does a cover of the song a few years later. And that's that's a serious tip of the cap. That's some serious props that Johnny Cash has given to a like whatever genre rock group we want to call Nine Inch Nails. With that, Bo, let's hop into sports. Sports. Biggest sports story of yesterday, honestly, I would say, um, because the NHL, there were no games. NBA, there were no games um, of the playoffs. So the main thing that people are talking about, I would say, is that Pat Beverly, who plays for the Minnesota Timberwolves and is also famously a bit of a menace and <laughs> says a lot of stuff. Um, he was on first take yesterday after the Suns had one of the most embarrassing blowouts in recent memory for me. Um, And he talked a lot about Chris Paul and Chris Paul's legacy. And uh, he talked a lot about Chris Paul being a terrible defender, um, which I believe Chris Paul is like a nine time all defensive team. I know that me and Bo kind of disagree about Chris Paul. I'm a Chris Paul defender. Bo is a Chris Paul hater. Uh, And Bo, I'm curious, what do you think about uh, Pat Bev's rants yesterday on first take? Well, I think it's the perfect storm for Pat Beverly. Uh, One, I want to acknowledge his ability to just have no shame when he talks like he does not care what people think how people are going to view what he's what is being said this man was ousted from the playoffs and 
the next round decides to go on first take to just destroy and tear to pieces his like mortal nemesis. I mean, that is that is a type of shameless activity. You, that's commendable. Yeah, and his mortal nemesis, who just like obviously this this is a slippery slope argument for who should commentate on basketball, but just like Papev is a solid player, solid role player. Chris Paul had a terrible, ter- terrible performance in this series. Chris Paul is a great, one of the greatest of all time, and I, I don't think that this series is going to change that. Like he is, uh, this was terrible, and he has had some terrible performances. But like Chris Paul changed the point guard position in a lot of ways, and is a re- is a, is an all time player. Um, and so for me personally, like I think Pat Bev had some good criticisms, but to hear him going on there, there's a part where he said. If he's defending Chris Paul the next day, he'll stay out late drinking. He doesn't care. But if he's guarding Steph Curry the next day, he's in bed by eight. Normally, Charlie, I'm I'm not a fan of Pat Beverly's. Like, I, I do not enjoy his antics on the court. I think like I think he's a pretty dirty player, honestly, on the court. Like the, the Russell Westbrook injury, that's a bullshit play from yeah. Pat Beverly. Agreed. And there have been other instances where you know, it's a, just a little nudge of a, like a leg when a guy's in the air. And, and it's just now it's it's too many times where I've said, Pat Beverly, that was kind of a dirty play. I, I mean, his rant, I was I was enjoying very much. Like, I, I do not like <laughs> Pat Beverly, but I, I very much enjoyed the rant. The thing with his criticisms of Chris Paul's defense, unfortunately for Chris Paul, the stats would side with Pat Beverly in terms of this series. Like what yeah. the Suns were doing were very specifically attacking Chris Ball in pick and roll situations. Yep. And they had the biggest blowout losses in the history of Chris Paul's career because of this strategy. Is it an exaggeration? Maybe from Pat Beverly. Is it good timing from Pat Beverly? Perhaps. But if you were to just look at the data, what he said is accurate. The, the the Phoenix Suns struggled in the pick and roll defense because of whatever yes. it was that Chris Paul was not doing. I think that the main issue that I take with it is just that uh, Pat Beverly was extrapolating to speaking about Chris Paul as a player in general, rather than um, having more of a take about the series. Like there was a part where he was like, that dude can't play defense. And Stephen A. Smith was like, Chris Paul can't play defense. And it's like, you could, I think you can say Chris Paul was a defensive liability in this series. And it's part of why they lost the series. That's more but fair. But to sort of superlatively be like, Chris Paul can't play defense. Chris Paul's a great defender, in my opinion. Um, so it's just funny. But listen, we're talking about it. The best part, for sure. And it just sounded so Pat Beverly as he goes, I'm talking with teammates last night. I'm not going to name them. You know what? I'm going to name him. I'm talking to Paul George last night and we're not afraid of Phoenix. Like that is so shameless. It's 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 remarkable. That part I did actually think was really interesting, though, that dialogue, because the Suns have been so dominant. And it is interesting to hear that just like about this sort of the ethos that they do not that teams are not afraid of the Suns. Players are not afraid of the Suns. Teams are afraid of Luka Doncic, even though the Mavericks are arguably a worse team than the Phoenix Suns. There's nothing you can do to stop Luka Doncic. Uh, Teams are afraid of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, I feel like there are players that teams fear because they don't know what to do about the player. The the Suns are a wonderful offense that runs really well, but they don't strike fear into their opponents. I also think it's possible, Charlie, that we have not given the Mavericks enough credit over the last three, four seasons because they've ran into Kawhi Leonard and Paul George now on occasion, and those are two incredible defenders. And Luka Doncic is probably looking at this series like, wait, you're telling me the last couple of years I've had to go up against Kawhi and now you're going to put on like 
Devin Booker and Chris Paul as your front. Like, I, I, yeah. there, there's a chance we haven't given the Mavericks enough credit. Time will tell on that. I agree. And also something that they were saying on the on the stream last night that I thought was interesting was that um, since January 1st, the team in the NBA with the second best record was the Mavs. The team with the best was the Suns and then the second best was the Mavs. And um, the Mavs just don't get a ton of like hype because their second best player is Spencer Dinwiddie, I would say, or like it's not a player who's far worse than a lot of other teams. Second best player. Um, but Luka Doncic is a generational talent mm -hmm. and I'm excited to watch more in the gaming world. Gaming. Ubisoft Plus is going to be coming to PlayStation Plus. PlayStation Plus is getting a major overhaul for North American subscribers on June 13th next month. And by overhaul, what we mean is that new subscription tiers that are come, going to come with some cool bonuses, um, downloadable classic games, and some demos of modern games. And then Ubisoft Plus, which is a subscription service from the French AAA gaming publisher Ubisoft, which publishes a lot of the biggest games in the, in, on the scene right now, um, is going to be part of this new and improved PlayStation Plus service. So if you're subscribed to PS Plus Extra or the premium tier, you'll get access to a curated collection of Ubisoft games, such as For Honor, The Division, I know people love The Division, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla. As far as other games go, for the new PS Plus subscription tiers, there are gonna be a bunch of titles available to subscribers ranging from the first PlayStation, like as classic as that, right up until the PlayStation 5. So it'll offer a lot of new opportunities for people to play old games, new games. It should be interesting. We'll see how people feel about the tiered service, um, but I think it will overall just make people have more access to different games. Charlie, I think a little bit with the subscription service, like concept in gaming, it feels like this is the first generation, right? Where we're going to get, you know, access to all these games in one package. It's it's not that different than like iTunes in 2006, 7, 8. And while in this moment, right, right now, this appears to be the hottest thing. There's a chance in 10 years where we're like, oh, no, we have like five services now that are way better. Like no one uses iTunes anymore in that capacity. I, I feel that way a little bit about this. Like it's the very first generation still. What's going on in entertainment? entertainment? Charlie, I think this is actually pretty dope because this show has... I, I think everyone knows about Black Mirror and there's a new season of Black Mirror on the way. It's been a few years since we've gotten new episodes for the show, um, but that's going to be changing. Variety reported on Monday that a new season of the dystopian drama is coming to our television screen. Season five contained only three episodes of the show, which received mixed reviews. I think this show is always going to receive mixed reviews. I, I don't think this is a show that's going to receive like overall massive like love and hype you know it's going to require a lot of critical thinking as it always has in the past and a source told variety that the new season would have more episodes than the previous one with each new entry being treated more cinematically than earlier seasons a release date cast and any other details surrounding the production have yet to be announced charlie we were talking about the gorillas before the show uh over in hip-hop and you know, this isn't necessarily a, a name you hear all that much anymore, but it's kind of cool to see some news. What what are they announcing? Hip hop. Yeah, so gorillas are going on tour. Um, gorillas have now been around since I think they put out the first project in the early 2000s. Um, and this will be the first tour that the group, I call them the group, but uh, gorillas, uh, just and I'm going to go into it in a second. Gorillas is just two people. It's Damien Albarn makes all the music and then it is uh, Jamie Hewlett does all the art. It's two people. Um, it's not actually a group. The digital characters are just characters that they've created. This is going to be the first time the Gorillas have been on tour in North America since 2018. Um, and in 2018, they toured with Vince Staples and Danny Brown. And then this time around, they're touring with the hip hop duo Earth Gang. I love Earth Gang, I think. And it's fun to hear who they previously toured with. Huge names. And Earth Gang has been big for a while, but continues to get big. And this is a big cosign. 
Um, something that I love about gorillas that I feel like not necessarily everybody knows is throughout the 90s, there were two major Britpop bands um, that kind of competed for the charts. One of them is Oasis, which we know Oasis, Wonderwall. Everybody knows Oasis mostly from that one song. But also, if you're from the UK, the 90s, Oasis was as big as any band has ever been, almost as big as like the Beatles. But they were competing with another Britpop band that also sometimes beat them on the charts, and that was Blur. If you haven't listened to Blur, Blur is one of my favorite bands of all time. I love Blur so, so, so much. They have some of my favorite tracks of all time. You probably know Song 2, um, the one that goes, woohoo, bam, that one. Um, oh. And that that song was actually written as a bit. Damon Albarn wanted to see if he could make a song that sounded like an American pop grunge song. Um, and so he wrote that song like kind of quickly. And then it became one of their biggest hits of all time. But they've made a lot of other more like experimental music as well. But so Blur throughout the 90s made essentially pop rock music and then at the turn of the century uh damon albarn pivoted and started making music with gorillas which gorillas is still has a lot of the the pop alternative rock influence but gorillas is largely a hip-hop group it's largely he produces music for rappers that they get features and stuff um so i just love that fact i think damon albarn is one of the most versatile smartest musicians of all time because he managed to be an ultra ultra successful pop rock musician throughout the 90s and then went on to be one of the most well-respected producers creators in hip-hop for the past 20 years which is crazy and that will do it for today's episode for more detail on these stories more head over to 137pm.com or follow us on our social media platforms hop into the discord if you want to chat we'd love to hear a little bit about what you guys thought of yesterday's episode and also the pat bev chris paul stuff Um, we'll be back tomorrow as always remember stay curious 